0: Amen. Hey, wherever you at, wherever you are at, let's just, just give a little clap or, or a whoop for these amazing students that we have. Uh, what a blessing. What a blessing it is to be able to have them lead us in worship this morning. It's just, just amazing. Um, well, hey, welcome, everybody. My name is Brian Follett. For those of you who don't know me, I am the uh, student ministries intern here at Centennial. Uh, I get the privilege to be able to hang out uh, with these students uh, on a weekly basis, and it's, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, and, and what a privilege that is. Um, hey, so again, this, this morning is, is Youth Sunday, and that's just really an opportunity uh, for the students to be able to, to to showcase their amazing talents and just to, to show how awesome they are. Uh, and then also for us to be able to share um, what's kind of been going on in the, the lives of our students uh, and and uh, what we've been doing Throughout this year. Uh, So, this morning we have a pretty, yeah, kind of unique style of of teaching, Uh, you know, a little in in classic youth fashion. We're doing something different. So, we have some some tag team sermon this morning. I'm going to be kicking us off, and then uh, Nikki's going to continue our our discussion, and and, uh, one of our students, Jordan Camp, is going to uh, finish us off and, and share a bit about her story. Uh, And so I would like to first off just kind of share uh, and and show some pictures about uh, what we've been kind of doing this past year uh, with our youth. And uh, we've had many different, you know, as this year has been crazy for for everyone, we've had to be really flexible and and change a lot of things of how we normally do it. And so uh, after, you know, we went virtual for a bit last summer, we were able to do uh, Back Porch, which is something we do over the summer. We we met every other week and just were able to meet outside and enjoy each other's uh, fellowship uh, and, and company there. And then, uh, in the fall, we, we kept meeting outside and we went through, uh, acts, uh, as we did as a church as well. And, uh, we all brought our own chairs and, and, enjoyed worship and, um, teaching outside. And then, uh, you know, as the semester went on though, it kind of got colder, uh, and, uh, it started getting darker sooner and we, we battled some, some rain a bit, uh, and we had to pop up the tents, and um, if we can get that picture up, but uh, we, we battled through all of the elements as we, uh, there we go, as we continued to, to do youth group, and we uh, did it, we, we did our, our nine square, we, we love to play that, uh, and some other things that we did throughout this past semester, again, we went through the book of Acts, and so we did some, uh, some Acts Jeopardy, and, uh, and, and we always like to do our, our Just Dance, we like to uh, you know get, get rowdy once in a while and enjoy uh, the the you know, the limbs that God's given us and, and try to put them in some sort of form of dance. I, I try, I put the emphasis on try. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so we've just been on how to have a great uh, year of, um, of being able to, uh, you know, amidst all the craziness the pandemic still meets. And I think that's what is most sticks out to me the most is just how much God has been at work in our church as a whole and our youth group as well. He's been that constant in our lives no matter what's been going on. We know that God is the one that has been leading us through the year. And, and I think uh, just seeing how our, our students and our leaders and the parents of our students have not just endured this year, but really persevered. Uh, and the resilience that, that we've seen has just been so amazing to, to witness of, of how uh, we can be resilient through this crazy year and, and still show up and uh, our students enjoying the fellowship and, and being eager to learn and grow. Uh, which really brings us into what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, the idea that God is this constant and, and always with us is kind of uh, what we're going to, to focus on this morning. We're going to do that by visiting a, a passage that may be unknown to a lot of you, and that is Psalm 23. Uh, I say that facetiously because, of course, Psalm 23 is one of the, the most probably well-known uh, p- psalms, if not passages in, in the Bible, but it's one of those just classic passages right, that we all maybe haven't memorized or at least very familiar with. Uh, And just as we like to revisit, you know, classic movies or books, we maybe have, you know, some, you know, movie that we always like to watch again to, to, you know, reinvigorate uh, our love for it. Uh, So we're going to do this morning with this classic psalm, and I hope that as we dive into it and look at it again that you will be uh, refreshed by it and maybe even see it through uh, a different lens um, and so we're going to read the—I'm uh, going to take us through the first three verses. And, um, you know, we like participation in, in youth group. And so wherever you're at, if you just want to say out loud this psalm with me, um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll hear you from all the way over here. So uh, the first three verses are, The Lord is my shepherd. I, shall, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For His name's sake. So, what an amazing, uh, you know, psalm that we have in uh, first couple of verses as well. And I really uh, love just that, that first line: "the The Lord is my shepherd." Uh, and I love the metaphor of the shepherd and sheep. And this isn't obviously the only place we find it. Jesus uses it uh, as well. Uh, it, it, it just, I think, it's so rich in meaning. Uh, and as David, the psalmist, is using it here, he's saying that the Lord is my shepherd. So that says a lot about who God is. God is a shepherd, one who leads, cares, and provides for his flock. But if the Lord is David's shepherd, well, then what does that make David? Well, it makes him a sheep. And so it's true for us. If the Lord is our shepherd, then we are also sheep. And I don't know about you, but being a sheep isn't really a glamorous thing. It's not something I aspire to be. Sheep are uh, I think they're probably pretty smelly, and they're kind of helpless and quite dumb. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton about sheep, but I've I've heard that they're not the most intelligent animal uh, on the planet. And so to be labeled as a sheep uh, is is interesting, right? And and for David, this this king who's writing this psalm, to label his himself as a sheep is pretty significant because uh, you know, as in that day, kings and leaders were labeled as shepherds and ones that were you know leaders and, and caring for. Others, But here this King David is saying, uh, no, God, you are my shepherd, and here I am, a sheep. Which is this really humble, uh, humble statement and, and shows really the, the dependence that he has before God. And so for us, if the Lord truly is our shepherd, then the, as the passage says, he makes us lie down in green pastures and he leads us besides quiet waters to refresh our soul. So I think that the question for me next is this one right here. It's, uh, is the Lord my shepherd? Is the Lord my shepherd? Because if this metaphor, you know, if we're going to tease out this metaphor a bit, uh, the important part about the Lord being our shepherd is for uh, his sheep to follow him. And I think a key for following the shepherd for sheep is uh, hearing the voice of the shepherd. Um, you know, in places where they do, you know, shepherding and have large flocks, oftentimes these shepherds, uh, they use vocalizations to get the sheep to follow them, whether it's, a, a, you know, just yelling or, or a whistle or oftentimes it was a song. When they sing, the, the sheep know that, oh, that's my shepherd, and they just instinctively kind of follow along. It's kind of this incredible thing where they're trained to know the, the sound of their shepherd and the voice of the shepherd, and they instinctively follow the shepherd because of that. So then, if that's true—that you know the sound of the shepherd is is what gets us to uh, follow—then I think the question is, you know, do we know the sound of the voice of the shepherd in our life? Or maybe a question is, uh, are we able to maybe mute all of the other noises and voices in our life long enough to be able to hear the voice of our shepherd? Because I know for me this past year it's been a struggle to be able to, to, to hear through or to, to, to get through all these other distractions and voices. You know, this past year was full of a pandemic and there was a, an election and, and just so many other things that seem to be uh, in our minds and in our ears. And so it's hard to maybe hit the pause button on those and be able to take time to listen to the voice of our shepherd. Uh, and I had an experience uh, about probably about a year ago now in the middle of the pandemic that uh, was was kind of spoke to this this psalm, and, and I would love to share it with you. Um, so uh, my wife Madison and I live on campus at Denver Seminary, not too far from here, and right next to Denver Seminary is Hudson Gardens, which is just a cool little event center and gardens where you know there's all tons of trees and some ponds and uh, pretty flowers and paths and all all of that good stuff. Uh, and oftentimes, as you may have done, uh, Madison and I went on walks, uh, you know, while we were quarantined to, to stay sane. And oftentimes we would uh, go through. Uh, the hudson gardens and uh, and in on one of these walks, we took a different route and we came across this waterfall this is uh, a, this is actually the picture of it i I, I took it um, but it 's as we 're walking by, we found yeah, there it is um, this little waterfall I was like oh that 's pretty that 's pretty neat i 'd never seen that before, so we enjoyed it for a bit and kept going. but I remember the next day uh, having some time and I often like to you know, Take some walks to, to pray and reflect. And I thought about this waterfall. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to it and kind of check it out. So I walked over there. And uh, as, I'm, as I'm there, there's a, you can kind of see there's a path up alongside of it. And I was like, well, let's see where this path goes. That sounds fun. So I just kind of wandered up the path. Uh, and as I got uh, up there, I came across these, uh, these, this pond. There's a picture there. It's this nice little quiet pond. It's kind of off the path. So you can't really see it unless you walk up to it. Never seen it before. I'd been on this, you know, in this garden a ton, but never had seen this, uh, this, this pond before. And as I was there, it was really quiet. And I just remember standing there. I remember all of a sudden this, these words popped into my head that, you know, that He leads me beside quiet waters and He refreshes or restores my soul. It just kept popping into my head. And in that moment, it, I was struck. I was like, wow, the Lord literally led me beside a, a quiet pond. Uh, like an experience I'd never had before. And I, it was so significant to me because I, I realized that, you know, in the midst of craziness of the, the pandemic and all this stuff, that the Lord brought me to this quiet place where I was able to be refreshed and restored by him. And I, and I really felt this sense of peace and restoration that I hadn't felt in a while because I don't think I allowed myself to get to a place where I could mute all the other distractions and really be able to listen to the voice of the sh- my shepherd. So I think that's the this, this truth that we need to acknowledge this morning, is that you know, this, these sort of things can happen when we listen to the voice of our shepherd. And so I think a question we might need to, to, to ask ourselves this morning is, do we trust God, our shepherd, enough to, to pause those distractions and lead us to these places of quiet waters? because we really need to make sure that we are able to hear the voice of our shepherd. And maybe, you know, you don't necessarily need to go to a, a, a quiet pond or a green pasture to, to find this restoration and, re- and refreshment, um, but maybe you do. Maybe, maybe taking that time to, to go find a, a cool place outside that you can be quiet and allow God to, to speak to you, or, or maybe it's just, a you know, maybe you have a chair in your house or a coffee shop or whatever it may be that you really find uh, peace and, and a place where you can take a, take a minute and listen to the voice of our shepherd. But again, this is just that, that this amazing truth from the psalm to know that the Lord is our shepherd and he desires to give us all we need and wants to bring us to places away from distraction in order to refresh our soul. So we need to make sure we're, we're being able uh, to, uh, to recognize the sound of our shepherd's voice and follow him to that place. Um, so Nikki is now going to, to come up and continue to look at what the Lord does for us in our lives, no matter the circumstance.
1: So I, I get the fun task about talking about the dark valleys, which, it's Youth Sunday. Who wants to talk about dark valleys on Youth Sunday? No one, right? Brian, you, get the, you got the fun part. Refreshing times, green pastures, so bear with me. Um, as Brian said, we like participation in youth group, so we're gonna read verse four all together wherever you are. So let's read verse four together now. Even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, the first thing here is, in Hebrew, dark valley means the shadowiest of all shadows, the deepest shadows. This doesn't sound like a great place to be, I don't know about you, but I don't like dark spaces. I don't like shadows. I don't like scary things. I'll even share something. I had a nightlight until I was in college because I didn't like being in the dark. I don't have one now. It's okay. Yes. So when I think about this, it's just I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want to be in the deepest shadows of places. And the next thing about this imagery is this isn't just a continuation of David's metaphor. This was actually a literal place that the shepherd would take his flock. They were usually these dry wadi, they're wadi beds, just dried up river beds. And often they would have to go through these places to reach the other side where the green pastures and the water was. And there were these tall cliffs up um, on the sides and there would often be predators or there'd be enemies just lurking there in the shadows, which again, who wants to go through that and not know what's on the other side or not know what's gonna come around the bend? I wouldn't wanna do that. Right, we also have this picture where it's just dry, it's desolate. And so we're just walking through this dark valley. And so you've got animals. You've got everything against you. Can you imagine that space? Can you imagine going through that kind of an environment? Well, the shepherd doesn't go alone. He has two instruments that are vital to the life of a shepherd. And these two instruments are his rod and his staff. Right? We read that in scripture. Your rod and your staff They comfort me. The rod is a short, heavy, club-like device. We see David actually using this when he kills the lion who was attacking his flock in 1 Samuel 17. That's probably not a typical children's ministry story that you know we, we talk about, but go read it. It's a great story just to show this rod in action. And then the other instrument is the staff. And the staff is a longer, thinner um, walking stick, and it has a hook around the end. And I don't know if you know, but that hook actually has a purpose, not just for decoration or aesthetics. When the sheeps would go up into the cliffs or they would veer off, the shepherd would just come along with his walking stick and hook it around the sheep's neck, lift him up, and plop him back onto the path. I sometimes think about, that's what God does with us. When we veer off, when we go up a cliff, when we're wandering, he just comes along and he says, okay, Sheep Nikki, like I'm going to get you around the neck, I'm going to pick you up, stick you on the right path, you're going to go on a little ways, oh, pick you up, put you on the path. That's what our shepherd, our good shepherd, does with us. And so, The shepherd walks through this valley with his rod and his staff in his hand. And the amazing thing about all of this is it's not because he goes through and he goes, oh, I know jiu-jitsu, I know karate, I've got a sword, I've got this, I can do this, I'm not afraid. No, the reason why he goes with such confidence through this dark valley is You, my shepherd, are with me. My shepherd, you are with me. I fear no evil. I am not afraid because you, Emmanuel, are with me. Oh, that gives me such great joy to know that I am not alone, that you are not alone because our good shepherd is with us. To know that when we walk through the deepest shadows of feeling hopelessness, of being afraid, I don't have to be afraid because you, my shepherd, are with me. Perhaps we haven't been in a literal dark valley, or maybe you have, I don't know. But I'm sure we've all been in a dark valley emotionally or spiritually. I know I have had some dark valleys in my own life, and in those moments, I feel hopeless, and I don't know what to do. I I feel like everything is against me. Like There's voices and other things telling me things, and it's hard to hear the voice of the Lord because everything is just against, and I'm just like, man, this is a hard, difficult time I'm going through but I'm going to say this again. You're not alone. Your good shepherd is there every step of the way, whether it is by still waters, whether it is by green pastures, or if you get yourself in a dark valley, your good shepherd is with you. Let that sink in. Because even when our enemies are against us, We're in the presence of the Lord. Right? The psalm continues on and reads You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It doesn't say, I'm going to have a table here, and then over here are your enemies. No, he picks up the table, our good shepherd, the host, and sticks it right in the middle of our enemies, and he says, I have prepared something for you. I am with you. Right? David is fearless. He trusts and has his faith so rooted and grounded in the Lord that when he is In those dark valleys, when he is amidst all of the enemies, he can sit and he can go, oh, God, you are with me. Your goodness and mercy are going to follow me. I get to dwell with you in the house of the Lord forever. Right? There's this sense of peace, of relief. He knows the voice of his shepherd. He knows that when we wander into those dark valleys, whether it's life circumstances or like the sheep that we are, like Brian talked about, sometimes we wander into those moments and God is standing there right next to us. And he's saying, I'm with you. And so I ask you, are you walking like that? Are you walking with that kind of confidence, with that kind of fearlessness, to know deep down in your core that you can fear no evil because you have such faith and trust in your good shepherd? I know I want that for my life. I want that for your life. And I know the Lord wants that for you. Right? We have to be fearless again. We have to go back to that childlike faith. I'm tired of people saying, but what if this and what if that? And I go, no, no, that doesn't matter. Nothing can hurt me. I don't have to be afraid. God will come through time and time again like he has done and like he is going to do. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And once we understand our good shepherd's power, and once we understand that our faith and our relationship is rooted and grounded in him, we can be grateful for that. And we can understand that, God, if you are for me, nothing can be against me. Right, We can stand a little taller and have more confidence. We can walk through those dark valleys. Whether it's things that life throws at us that are not in our control or, again, because we are those shepherds who wander and do things and listen to other distractions, the dumb decisions that we tend to make, God's right there with us. And we can fear no evil because we know our Good Shepherd's voice to guide us, to hold our hand, and to walk us through those dark valleys. Are you still believing that way? Do you have that simple childlike faith? Because what we like to do is we like to protect ourselves against those moments, We like to protect ourselves from ever going through those dark valleys, which, like I said, sometimes we don't have a choice of what we go through because of what life throws at us. For example, all of last year, the pandemic, that God was right there with us. He walked with us. Stand tall with confidence, knowing that the Lord's mercy and goodness goes with us and that you are in the presence of the Lord. Don't curl up and hide and turn away. Allow your good shepherd to guide you and to lead you. We're okay when he makes us lie down in green pastures and we're okay when he leads us by still waters, but what about... Those dark valleys. What happens when we stumble into those dark valleys? That's a hard thing to do, right? There ought to be this side of us that's actually excited to go through hard, difficult times. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I know it's hard for me to admit, oh, yay, I'm super excited, this tough thing comes up, hard decision, let me go through this, party time. Yeah, that doesn't really happen. But I say we should be excited because we get to see our good shepherd come through for us. And we get to see another side of him that we wouldn't see when he leads us to still waters, when he leads us to green pastures. We get to see this full picture of who our good shepherd is. That during still times, during peaceful times, And during difficult, hard, dark times, our good shepherd is with us. What Satan has done is he's created this fear in us to where we set up our lives, we set up our worlds, where there's times in our life when God has called you to do something and he's leading you to these different places And you allow the noise, the distractions to talk you out of it. A responsible person would say, don't ever go through those darkest valleys. Don't let your shepherd lead you. Why would you ever go? Again, sometimes we don't have a choice. And the wise thing to do, being a good steward, would be to stay away from those dark valleys. I mean, what responsible person is ever going to deliberately choose to go through those dark times? We don't do that. (laughs) And yet, here David is saying, I'm going to walk, I'm going to stand with confidence because my good shepherd is with me. He's with me. He's led me to green pastures, he's led me by still waters. Yes, there's all of this noise, and yes, there's all of this distraction, but I know my good shepherd's voice, and I know that his mercy and his goodness are going to be with me every step of the way. And so, are you listening to God, or are you listening to the noise of this world? Are you allowing your good shepherd to restore and to refresh your soul? what does that look like for your life? May we all be brave. May we all be bold and have confidence in our good shepherd to lead and direct us on the path of righteousness. May we learn to listen to his voice to be led not only into green pastures and beside still waters, but to know through dark valleys you are not alone and that you can go through those valleys, and that you're going to be okay. May we have the boldness to brag about what the shepherd has done for us, that he is here every step of the way, that he is our good shepherd yesterday, today, and tomorrow. May we go back to that childlike faith and have confidence in what God is going to do for us that we can go through these dark valleys with no fear, knowing we get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, what a great feeling that is. I want to invite Jordan up here, and she's going to share how her good shepherd brought her through some doubts, brought her through some dark valleys this year, and how the faith she has has allowed her to know that her good shepherd is going to come through for her.
2: All right, so we've looked at the beginning and the middle of Psalm 23 at this point, and now I just want to transition a little bit more to the end of Psalm 23, specifically verse 6. Surely your, good, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. First of all, I think that's just a really great daily reminder for us as we go through all the trials that life has been presenting us with this year. I think I speak for most of us when I say that it's been a really weird year. There's definitely been a lot of mountains and valleys. So I spend a lot of my time navigating a lot of crumbling relationships, the new school system, and the future. I'm a senior at Arapahoe High School, and basically when you're a senior, that's all about figuring out what comes next. It's creating your college plan if you're going to go to college and doing all that stuff. And it's all about making plans. But what do you do when you don't have a plan? Nobody really answers that question. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a pretty organized person. I don't function very well in cluttered spaces, so I like to try and keep my life pretty well-scheduled. I like knowing what comes next. For instance, when I went to Iceland a couple years ago, I made an entire itinerary for my family, and I said, We're going to do this on this day, and then we're going to do this on this day, and we're just going to, like, follow this plan because that's who I am, and that's what I need. I enjoy the comfort of knowing what comes next. So not really knowing what's coming next for college, absolutely terrifying. It's super weird and not not a lot of fun. (laughs) And so I was just kind of going through the motions this year. I applied to colleges, got into colleges. I went to work a lot. I went to school, the whole nine yards. And eventually, come spring semester, it's decision time. And that's something I've been putting off as much as possible. I said, I don't want to make this decision. And eventually, I got stuck between CU Boulder and UNC Greeley. I like the idea of being close to home. And it's a really big decision. I'm trying to decide where I'm going to spend the next four years of my life. And with big decisions that we face in our life, there's going to be a lot of different factors. For instance, for me, I factored in location, size, housing, education programs, cost, and all of the above. And I felt stuck in a valley that I dug for myself. And I thought, well, if I do all this research, and if I visit the schools, and if I do everything I can, maybe the answer will present itself to me this nice little pretty gift with a bow on top. That didn't happen because that doesn't really happen when we make decisions. So I had this really big realization about a month ago and I realized that doing the research won't make the decision for me and that's something I would have to do on my own. So I got impulsive for like two seconds and I said I'm gonna go to Boulder. So I accepted admission there, pretty awesome (laughs) and I felt great like a huge weight was gone off my shoulders for like a day and then the next day that's when the doubt like rolled in like a flood and all I could think was did I make the right decision like am I going to be stuck for the next four years but the thing about being stuck is that there's always a way to get unstuck and it was quite the coincidence actually the following Sunday at youth group we did a panel on doubt perfect timing And one of our panel members, Laura, she started talking about doubt and decisions, and she came up with this college decision scenario and having to, like, make that huge, like, life-changing decision. And I felt like she was reading my mind. I was like, she is inside my head right now. And she said something along the lines of, sometimes there isn't a right or a wrong decision. Sometimes you just have to take that little jump, uh, jump, mm, faith jump, and trust, that, trust in God that everything will be okay. And that just really resonated with me because sometimes things work out. Sometimes things don't work out. And that's okay because that's why we put our faith and our trust in God. And that night I really felt God just speaking this reassurance to me through the panel. And so when we think of verse 6, what I think it really means is that it doesn't matter where we're going, where we end up. Any of that it's, all that matters is that God shows up and His goodness and His love—it never runs out, even through all the mountains and the valleys. So when things get hard this year, especially when things get hard, especially this past year, I found that it's really important to reflect on the good parts of our life. And so a couple of those for me would be I've been teaching in the children's ministry. I've been teaching this absolutely phenomenal group of kids with a bunch of my peers. And it's been so rewarding and so much fun. I've also built up a lot of great friendships with my coworkers because I work a lot. And that's my main group of people that I go to right now. And I'm also graduating in like five weeks, which is like pretty crazy um, because I don't really know how that happened. Um but we're graduating and i'm going to go to college and that's like i'm still wrapping my head around it so when we're beside the still waters or deep in the valleys or wrestling with all this doubt psalm 23 shows us that he's always there to comfort us guide us love us and that's exactly what i've experienced this past year so i'm going to pray us out as i invite our worship team us worship team up to Guide us through one last song. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day where we're able to join as a virtual community to learn your word and reflect on your work in our lives. Help us to remember that you are always there beside us in the still waters, deep valleys, and the doubt. You guide us, you love us, you comfort us. Help us to remember that we are who you say we are. Amen.